Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't get fooled by cut rate networks. Verizon is America's only number one network according to Root Metrics. Join today and get up to $650 when you trade in your phone to cover your cost to switch. Verizon. Better matters. New smartphone device payment purchase import and required. Get up to $650 prepaid card for installment plan balance less trade in value up to $350 prepaid card for early termination fees less trade in value. Trade in must be in good working and cosmetic condition and be worth more than $0. Line must remain active for six months subject to BZW agreements calling plan and credit approval. Rankings based on 2016 first half Root Metrics U.S. national root score four to four mobile networks. Results may vary. Visit rootmetrics.com. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. It is my pleasure to interview author Patricia Bradley today. And um, we're, I'm looking forward to chatting with her. Um, she is a, a romantic suspense writer living in the Deep South. Her short stories have been published in Woman's World. And she is uh, releasing, well, I read this off her uh, her website, releasing her fourth book, but she has more than that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Gone Without a Trace uh, was book three in the Logan Point series, and she was releasing her fourth. It's set in Memphis and the surrounding area. And um, you, she has won several awards, the 2008 Maggie Inspirational Category, uh, first place in 2012 Touched by Love and Daphne du Maurier contest. And she finaled in the 2012 Genesis and bronzed in the Frasier. And um, she's written straight romances, <laughs> just straight up romances. And uh, she also speaks as an abstinence, healthy relationship uh, speaker and has spoken to many students and adults. And when she's not doing all that, she likes to throw mud on a wheel and try to make something beautiful. And we're gonna talk about that too. Well, welcome to the show, Patricia Bradley. <laughs> Thank you, I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, I am too, I am too. Um, well, let's let's start off. I wanna ask, and I ask this of every uh, every author, how did you get started in this crazy merry-go-round of fun? Oh, me. Well, when I turned 35, I couldn't sleep at night. And, uh, and one night as I was staring at the ceiling, this man popped into my mind. And he was, he was standing at a window. And in the background, I could see smokestacks. And he turned and looked at me. And he said, this wasn't the way my life was supposed to turn out. And I thought, oh, wow. Ooh. 
And yeah, I, and it's, I mean, that's the first time that had ever happened to me. And wow. I thought that, that, I thought, I wonder, if, you know, and then in the next few nights, he would come back and he would tell me stories. And, and it started off when he was a young man and he was poor. And he was well, wait, were you seeing, make, were you actually seeing him or were you imagining this? Imagining. I mean, it became an imagination. It was in my imagination. Wow. But it, 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 it was just, it, it was so real. And I thought, uh, I wonder if I could write it. And if, if at that time, I, a lot of people want to know they want to be a writer from the time they're start reading. But I was just always a reader. I love reading. I was reading mm-hmm. before I went to school. Uh, I read Exodus by Leon Uris when I was in the 10th grade, and my 10th grade English teacher didn't believe me. <laughs> but, oh, wow. it was, you know, I, I just lo- I loved reading. And uh, yes. I, never thought of, I mean, I, I thought, well, I could write if I, you know, maybe it might have crossed my mind, but not really. But when this these, this man and then his family starts living in my head, uh, I think, well, I wonder if I could write their stories. <laughs> no, back then, okay, now, away, I started writing. I, I have to explain something to our listeners. Okay, this is not at all odd for writers <laughs> because we our characters get into our heads. And you, you almost right. think of them as real people. You know, and you, you imagine, oh, my character real. would not do that. Yeah, there is no way she'd do that, you know. And, yeah, they they are sort of, they're kind of like like friends, your imaginary friends. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how deep we go into this, okay? So, and it's not weird. Right. At least we don't think so. No. Okay. No, so you weird. started with that. And when were you first published? I, um... I picked up a Writer's Digest, and there were some writing books in there, and I sent off for that. And um, I had an idea for a short story, and um, it was called The Snow Leopard. And there was uh, this was back in 1985, I believe, or 1980, mm-hmm. and even. I mean, it was way back. And uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I wrote this story. Uh, looked at. Uh, I knew I wanted to send it to Woman's World, and they asked for uh, twenty five hundred words, and I sent four thousand. That's how green I was. But <laughs> Nancy, McC- yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, it was only by the grace of God that it did not come back by return mail. But Nancy McCarthy liked the story, and she bought it and cut it to the. To the word at that time, the word count was like 25, 2000 or 2500. I can't remember. I know I was way, way over, and um, and it was published. And the name, then she kept the name of it, the Snow Leopard. And uh, oh, wow. I wrote uh, two more stories. Uh, one for the next story was there was a new editor, and this time, I the second time I did much better. I only sent. 2,500 words for a, an 1,800-word story because by this time, they're getting shorter and shorter. And Do you think so, it's better to be this, over or under? Is it is it better to be uh, have better, too much? It's better, it's better to be right on the mark, I promise Okay. <laughs> because it was, I mean, to me, it's a God thing that, that it happened, but, but, but the thing with that one is I was able to, they, she had, uh, the new editor made me cut it, and I learned so much from that. Uh, 
So, and then mm. the third one I sent yeah. was right on the mark. I had, it was 1,500 words. So you got a hold and, of it. Uh, but you I, got a, the hang of it. Yeah. Right. And so I, and I sent the right amount. And, and then they changed the format to, it's one of those, you solve it. And it's 750 words. And that's just a little bit shorter than I want to write. Yeah. So I, I yeah. haven't submitted any more short stories, but and it takes almost sometimes it takes almost as long to write a short, write something short. I have to do almost as much research. It does. So, yeah. So I I, I I go ahead and invest in the, the novels. So what really was that? You time. so you just mailed those in? Is that I mean, and and boom, I did. That was it. Got it. I, I'm I mailed them in. Of course, it takes a little bit longer than that, but. It, the second and third one only took about six weeks before I heard back. I think it was uh, a couple of months on the first book. And, I mean, I was just shocked when I saw. I still have the letter. Were you elated out. when you got it? Were you just, uh, what was. was your, what was that moment? I, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. It was just surreal. It, I, <laughs> I, just, I thought, wow. Because <laughs> I never dream. I, I mean, I, it, somehow... Down deep, I knew that they would sell my book, I, that I, I was going to be published. I don't know why I knew, but somehow I knew that my story, I had good stories. I'm, and I don't mm -hmm. mean that in a brain sort of way. I just knew there was just something in my psyche or in my brain or in my heart that just told me that this is good. Because I, as much well, as you I read was enough. reading... Yeah. Right. I knew you read enough it, to know. It, right. And and the ideas were a little bit different. Uh, the very last one is what I call a biter bit story where mm -hmm. the biter gets bit and it's called Blood Kin and it is on my uh I think it's on my Facebook page or you may have to have a link to it but now because I think I make it available to my newsletter, the people who get my new sign up for my newsletter. And oh, well, hear that, the, listeners. <laughs> yes, and and this is where the it's the the premise of it is the this this nephew's trying to kill his uncle by putting arsenic in his uh, cocoa in his food, and uh, oh. I'm not going I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it's it's got quite a neat trick twist to well, it. Well, that's not only a crime; it's a crime against chocolate as well. Right, <laughs> destroying, but um, so but you started off like from the magazine. Did you go straight into writing sweet romances for for Harlequin? Because no. I, I no, what I, happened? Uh, Harlequin, the very uh, I, I I wrote off and on. Life happens, you know, and so I'm. But mm -hmm. in, in my spare time, I was writing, and in 1997, my husband died, and. I thought that I would just take a few years. He had been quite ill, and I thought I would take okay. a few years, a couple of years, and see if I could not uh, get a book published. I had been working on a book forever, and um, so that's what I did. And then all of a sudden, I find myself working in the abstinence program. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, Lord, didn't you give? Didn't wasn't this what you wanted me to do to take time off and 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 focus on the writing but evidently it wasn't because I was drawn well that's a good segue program. 
That's yeah, a segue because well. that was another question I was going to ask you later. But you might as well right. talk about it now, and we'll go back to your books after okay. this. Um, okay. So, so you started that program, right? Well, it was actually a, a friend of mine was working on a grant. Well, actually, I didn't even know her at the time. Uh, I was at church, and I was telling someone that I would love to talk to the kids about abstinence and and making healthy choices and. Someone at church gave me uh, Carolyn Gallon's name and, and didn't even give me her number. I went home and looked it up, and it was long distance because the the way the county ran. And anyway, I called her and I said, uh, I told her I'd like to help her uh, work with. I'd like to volunteer for her and work in her abstinence program. And she said, Well, are you a teacher? And I said, No. She said, Are you a nurse? And I said, No. And she said how do you think you could help me? And I said, I don't know, but I feel like God told me to call you. And she said, that's enough. Let's meet tomorrow. And we did. Oh. And I began, <laughs> I know, I began volunteering on her program. And then the, she was working on a grant with the Boonville School District, which is in our area. And there was an opening, uh, actually got a little more funding, and she was able to put me on the grant. And a couple of years later, we wrote for the big uh, federal grant, which was almost over half a million dollars. And before we retired, we were writing. She she, would, she wrote primarily wrote the grant. I did the grunt work, and uh, for almost a million dollars. And we were doing abstinence and healthy relationships all over Mississippi, North uh, I mean West Tennessee and and uh, Northwest Alabama. So wow. we traveled quite a bit. We went to Washington, to Boston, to uh, just all over. That's amazing. It was fascinating. It was. And, and to talk to the kids, it was just to, to try it, just what they believe and what they think and and the bad, the choices that they're making right now, it just breaks your heart. And, uh, Do you have any stories some, that personal stories you could share, like from some of the, the like feedback from the kids? Uh, Without using names, out, yeah, I will. We usually started out in the sixth and seventh grade talking to the kids about abstinence, and we usually went to the same schools each year, and so and and but we also did from six through twelve. So as the kids came on up, they were uh, seeing that a lot of them were seeing that what we had told them was true. But uh, one little girl in particular told me that uh, I was talking and I could see that she was very upset. Did not, this was in the seventh grade. This is a different story than when I started. She was in the seventh grade and she had had a baby over the summer and she was 14. And she she had to come to the class, and she was upset and angry because she thought we would be judgmental. And she sat in the back of the room with her arms crossed. And as she listened, though, but she listened. And as she listened, she heard, because I was a teenage uh, unwed mother, too. And that's why I wanted to do the abstinence program, because I wanted kids to know that the choices they make at that age will follow them the rest of their life, good or bad. Yes. And so uh, anyway, uh, 
by the end of the class, she had moved up when it was active. By the end of the, we were there for three days. She was, would, at the last day, she said, I'd like to talk to the, my my classmates. And she told them, she said, for whatever they do, that to think about it, because it was homecoming week. She said, this is homecoming week. I can't go because I don't have anyone to keep my baby. And I have to go straight home. 14-year-old kid. And and then plus she had a, a new worry because the boy had turned 18 and he was now responsible to pay child support. So he was suing for custody of the child. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, yeah, and, I, and, and, and she said nobody, and I, I, and I reinforced it, no 14-year-old needs that kind of pressure. But her right. story did more good than the, my talking for three days. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, so, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I want to get back to your books because we're halfway through already. Right. We're halfway through the interview. Yeah. Ah, so, so, okay, on your website, I'm getting back to this. You had four books okay. so far, according to your site, but your website designer is not can't move as fast as you write, I think. That's my Evidently. theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because well, you I had um yeah. Well you have yeah. Justice Delayed. Um That's the one that was Shadows in January. And that's a, is that a standalone the, or is that the first of a new series? It's the first they're not actually I think it's the first of the Memphis Cold Case novels. They're not really gonna be a series. And that way okay. we can actually do, we can do, I'm hoping that means that we can do more than four. Because uh, oh, I yeah. can see a cold case, I can see Memphis cold case crimes going indefinitely with the cold case team. Uh, the very first yeah. book I wrote was Shadows of the Past. It was the And Maggie that's Winter the Logan and, Point. That's Logan right, Point Logan series, Point. right? Right. Book and one. It, it, Logan okay. Point, right. Logan Point is set right outside of Memphis. I'm very, I, I actually moved northeast Mississippi, 80 miles west, <laughs> and didn't tell mm -hmm. anybody. And moved <laughs> Tennessee River over there. <laughs> but anyway, I didn't know, I never called the name of the river. But, uh, and it, it, I grew up in Memphis, so I'm very familiar with uh, different areas of Memphis. You're and, writing what you know. You're right. right, and and yeah. I enjoy the. It's been a long time since I lived there, but it it comes back. But uh, I wrote Shadows of the Past. I worked on that book for five or six years before it was good enough to for it to be published. And uh, Ravel offered a three book contract, and after the first book came out and did well, they offered a, a fourth book in that series. And so you're, the, can I, can I just tell your book, it was uh, in the Logan Point series, you had Shadows right. of the Past, book one, A Promise to Protect, book two, um, Gone Without a Trace, book three, and Silence in the Dark, book four in the Logan Point four. series. Right. Okay. That's right. And, and uh, that book, it's out, it came out in May. Um, and that's two books ago, actually, because I have finished two books since then. But and at, right after the day, the week that uh, Shadows of the Past debuted, came out, released, uh, Harlequin made an offer for uh, for Matthew's Choice for me to, to. I had I had written it 
uh, and you know I had written it and sent it to them probably two years before, and it, they finally they they were at heartwarming. There were a lot of changes and things, but uh, that week they made an offer and uh, sent revisions before I even signed the contract, and I was two wow. And, uh, uh, yeah, that was really sweet. But it was a two hundred and I think eighty nine page manuscript, and I I did not know how to write romance. I I had never romance. If you'll look at my romantic suspense books, they're heavier on suspense <laughs> yeah. than they are romance. Yes. <laughs> I can kill them, but it's very hard for me to get them together. I like. You know what? But, That's uh, such a great. I wish that was your tagline. Um, I can kill them, but I can't get them together. <laughs> <laughs> right, but uh, 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 when when Victoria Curran was the editor, and she sent me 269 comments on that 289 page manuscript. So I learned how well, to write see, almost a comment for every word. That's cool. Right now, now <laughs> some every... of them were things that I actually did write, but not That's many. <laughs> but I learned, well, and then they brought another. They actually want some more, but I haven't had time to um, to uh, to write another heartwarming just yet. Well, so how long does it take for you to write a book? How much time do you take? Because I know you took you six years for that first one to, to right. get it right. And I want the listeners to understand that because, you know, uh, some people think you should just churn things out and not deliberate over what you've written and, and edit and re-edit, you know. So what's your thought it, on that? It, yeah. Okay. It, I wish I had a year, but I don't. Uh, there's usually nine months between books, and I usually waste three months. Uh, life happens or catching up from getting the last deadline. Recovering. Things, <laughs> recovering yeah. and getting things done. And <laughs> The shortest I have ever written a book in was four and a half months. And the longest was... I mean, the, not the longest, but most, it would be the five-year. But uh, I have a book due May 1st, and I will start on it definitely by December 1st. And so I won't mm -hmm. be so pushed. But my, 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 when I'm writing, um, I'm, I write 2,000 words a day, 10,000 words a week for the first half. And then the last half is 3,000 words a day and 15,000 a week. That sounds reasonable. You know, it, it does sound reasonable because, you know, um, 2,000 words a day is good. You can write a good 2,000 words a day. Right. You know. Yeah, you have to um, push yourself. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's easy. But sometimes yeah. it's like pulling it, teeth. Yeah, it doesn't flow very well. But um, no. let's see. Ah, we're down to... Ugh. The minutes are ticking away, and I want to do a fun lightning okay. round at the end. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. no, this is good. Um, all right. Is there a genre you would secretly like to write in but are terrified to do so? Romance. Romance, probably. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't think you're I like that. <laughs> um, okay. Now, you talked about throwing mud on a wheel. Okay. Right. So you do pottery. Tell me, that, how did that start? Well, I needed a, car a job for a, a career for a character, and I had an opportunity to take a three-day class. And that the instructor said that I wasn't—I definitely wasn't his best student, but I was his most determined. 
<laughs> so, and then I took lessons from a lady from South Africa for about six months or nine months, and she taught me why you do things. And I actually used the Potter's Wheel in the Abstinence Program to show how you reclaim uh, yourself. You know, I would mess up a pot and oh. and ask them what should I do with the clay, and they'd say throw it away. I said, No, this stuff costs money. Just like you don't throw yourself away. I'm going to take this right. and rework it and build the rest of my, I'm going to build another pot on it. I'm going to make something beautiful. And at the end, I would have three vases, and they could never tell which vase was from reclaimed clay and which was from oh, That's so sweet because we're jars yeah. of clay. We are jar, right. God's jars of clay. Right. And, so, um, and it, it I, really I, worked uh, well. Now, yeah. now for uh, for listeners, I want to um, I want to direct them to your social media. You know, you, okay. you on your blog on your on your website in particular, and your you have your blog, and um, you have a lot of fun uh, mystery lists. You know, questions people can uh, answer, and um, do they win prizes mystery for that, questions. or do they just they, okay? Yeah, like um, times, here's yeah. yeah. A lot of times I give a get an Amazon gift card, like a five dollar one or a ten dollar one. Okay. And a lot of times I give one of my books. It just, and then a lot of times it's just, uh, they love, they like trying to beat me because one of them is true, and the other three are false. Well, I, I put an up. example. I I mm -hmm. put down an example. A woman was caught trying to mm -hmm. smuggle a pound of meth across the border. Where did she try to hide it? Number one, in a stuffed weenie dog. Number two, in a fake baby bottle. Number three, in two burritos. And number four, she used the meth as padding. And the answer was number three, but she didn't fool anyone with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. I found yes. those online, and they had a picture, <laughs> an actual picture of the burritos. Oh my goodness! So, okay, so uh, so if people want to answer these fun questions and uh, and maybe win a little bitty prize, go to um, Patricia's. Let's see, go to her yeah. website, which is www.patriciabradley b r a d l e y author dot com, and she's also on Facebook, and she's also on Twitter, and she's also on Pinterest as well. And uh, so you can find her in all those places. Um, yeah, and it can be www.ptbrandley.com. Either one of those will get it. Okay. All right. That's awesome. And then we are ready for the lightning round. <laughs> mm, Uh-oh. <Okay. laughs> I want to ask I you some to, questions. I, <laughs> well, they're fun questions. You know, you like okay. you like fun questions, so here we go. I do. Okay, who who's more gothic, the Adams family or the Munsters? All the Munsters. I, I you know, I it's I think it's a toss-up for me, but you know, in terms yeah. of they both have a gothic style home, you know. True. Um so I don't I don't know which one would be scarier if they answered the door. Of course, Lurch would answer. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, what's okay? Since this show is going to air um, in December, what's the weirdest Christmas invention? Elf on the shelf or Frosty the Snowman? Elf on the shelf. 
I I think there's something sinister about him. <laughs> yeah, the, the right, and, is no man is, does warm and cuddly things to me, but yeah, Elf on a Shelf does not. Well, Frosty still looks kind of creepy if you think about it too. Uh-huh. So I'm I don't know. Yeah. It's a toss up, you know. Okay, um, right. worst punishment growing up: washing your mouth out with soap or being forced to eat a slice of your aunt's fruit cake. Washing my mouth out with soap because I love fruitcake. <laughs> now, my worst punishment was having to go get the switch for the spanking. Oh, <laughs> yes, to go to go actually cut the switch that would yes. be used. Right. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, here's another question. Um, what's scarier, coming face to face with a Sasquatch or a clown? Clown. Yeah, for me too. Uh, even before all this, all this clown kind yeah. of uh, garbage that's happening, um, I've always hated clowns, and I have a whole Pinterest board, you know, that's called "I Hate Clowns," <laughs> with <laughs> with all the scary pictures of clowns on it. But <laughs> but um, let's see. Let's do one more question. Um, what's more your style, the ghost in Mr. Chicken or Invasion of the Body Snatchers? And we're talking about film scary movies ghost and mr chicken I love that's don my knotts. favorite i know don mm-hmm. knotts that and that movie in particular was so funny um it was and just yeah now um do you have a favorite suspense movie well maybe less than that <laughs> wait i missed you what you said we I didn't um, get that question. okay um what's your favorite suspense movie film Psycho. I'm dating Psycho, myself, yes. but I, 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 no. There, to me, there will never be another one as as terrifying as. I mean, that I, I for months, for weeks, I wouldn't get in a shower at all. Yes, it was. It's still, and you know, of course, um, Alfred Hitchcock was the master of suspense. So, he was. what suspense writer couldn't love Hitchcock films? You yes. just about have to. He, he was, he was, he was good. Rear window. Yes. That and, and the birds. And it was. Mm-hmm. The birds. Yes. Mm-hmm. All, All those. He was good. Uh, okay, now uh, we're almost out of time, and I just wanna, I wanna thank you for being on the show, and it always goes so quickly. Um, oh. I just can't believe how fast, you know, 30 minutes can go. But I've had a delightful time talking to you and getting to know you. And um, please come back on the show when you your new books um, come out. Because um, we still have more to explore. I would love <laughs> to. I okay, actually well, write suspense to your introduction theme. Oh, that's awesome. I did that theme myself. And uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Patricia. Have a great thank you. rest of the day. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Don't get fooled by cut rate networks. Verizon is America's only number one network according to Root Metrics. Join today and get up to $650 when you trade in your phone to cover your cost to switch. Verizon, better matters. New smartphone device payment purchase import and required. Get up to $650 prepaid card for installment plan balance less trade in value. Or up to $350 prepaid card for early termination fees less trade in value. Trade in must be in good working and cosmetic condition and be worth more than $0. Line must remain active for six months subject to VZW agreements calling plan and credit approval. Rankings based on 2016 first half Root Metrics U.S. National Root Score report of four mobile networks. Results may vary. Visit RootMetrics.com. At Wendy's. The- this just in. Wendy's new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger is now an option with the 4 for 4. Let's go live to Switzerland. You can hear the ceremonial Swiss Alpine horns welcoming the new Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now an officer from the Swiss Army is using his knife to cut into a ceremonial block of cheese. There you have it. The deliciously different Swiss Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Now available for a limited time with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just $4. Stay neutral, Switzerland. And participate in Wendy's for a limited time. It'll include small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska, Hawaii, or Switzerland. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.